I don't know about you, but I make it my aim in life to never be basic. Today, thanks to the help of author, poet, and Bible teacher Jackie Hill Perry, we're going to talk about moving from basic to holy. It's about time because we're going there. Welcome to the podcast, friends. This is our last episode of season four, and what a ride it has been. I am your host, Bianca Wattis-Oltoff, and can I just tell you that I am humbled to have been part of this journey. This episode marks our 70th podcast. Can you even, like, can you believe it? We are just over a year old, and so much beauty has been brought into this world, and I can't help but just pause and thank the team who's made this happen. As we close out season four, I gotta shout out Meg Kaylee, Hannah, and producer Madi for their tireless work in making the episodes a reality. I also want to shout out you, the amazing listeners who are part of this digital crew. In fact, J.E. Whitney left this review on iTunes and said, this podcast has been a breath of fresh air. Each episode has been unique and of high quality version. (laughs) The guests are godsends and this woman gets vulnerable. Y'all, I'm laughing because I love that she said, quote, high quality. Let me just let you know that currently I have a blanket over my head with my microphone just to make sure that the audio sounds better. Y'all, I am so not professional, but thank you, J.E. Whitney, for your love. And though I may be ghetto, one thing I am not is basic. In today's episode, Jackie Hill Perry gives this analogy, and let me tell you, friends, it hasn't left me. I find myself asking this question, do I want to be a basic Target dinner plate in my cupboard, or do I want to be fine china? Let me tell you something, friends. You better believe this girl wants to be fine, China. So how do I get there? By being holy. Jackie will describe this in length, but holiness is a decision of our will. It is what we choose to do with our life. It is based on our conduct, our comportment, our character. And y'all know I love me some alliteration in the nation. It's the preacher in me. I'm sorry, I have to. But basically, in short, holiness is doing the things that pleases God. It's what you do with your time and your actions. It is living to please God, and that bears fruit. In fact, theologian Andrew Womack has said, holiness is a fruit, not the root. You don't live a holy life to get God to love you. He already loves you. You don't live a holy life to get saved or get God to move on your behalf. No, we live holy because we are motivated by our relationship with and our love for our Heavenly Father. Of all the goals we have in life, the most important is to pursue holiness because it's God's goal for our life. As Oswald Chambers has said, and if you don't know who Oswald Chambers is, he's this really brilliant dead guy who I am besotted with. But he says, quote, God has only one intended destiny for mankind, holiness. His only goal is to produce saints. God is not some eternal blessing machine for people to use. And he did not come to save us out of pity. He came to save us because he created us to be holy, end quote. If we truly love God, we will commit to making holiness the primary purpose of our life. I'm excited to have JHP on the show. And as always, I love giving away some of my favorite resources to podcast listeners. When you share this podcast on social media and tag at Jackie Hill Perry and at Bianca Oltoff, you'll be entered to win one of five books from her newest book, Holier Than Thou. Before we jump into the podcast, I'm going to tell you about my new favorite morning drink that I swear by. In fact, when they heard me talking about my morning addiction to this drink, they actually sponsored our podcast. Let's check it out. 
Hi, friends. I had my best friend Melanie come and stay with me, and she pulled out this small packet of green powder, and I said, what are you doing? She told me about Athletic Greens, and let me tell you something. I'm obsessed, okay? So with this one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, we're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and so much more. It's good for your gut. It's good for your nervous system. It's good for your immune system. So with cold and flu season around the corner, I want something that's going to boost my immunity. Most importantly, it gets to remove all the other pills and supplements I was taking every single day. And now in just one easy scoop, I get to have everything that I need. And it's the best part of my morning routine. I even start it before I even have coffee. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you one free month supply of immune supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com backslash WGT for we're going there. Again, that's athleticgreens.com backslash WGT to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Jackie, thank you so much for being on the show. I'm a giddy school girl and very excited that we get to spend some time together. Thank you for having me, white teeth lady. <laughs> now, for those that don't know, we record this in Zoom and Jackie had mentioned my teeth, which I call missionary teeth because my, we couldn't afford braces. And my dad just prayed for our teeth and the Lord done answered his prayer. So, yes, I do have. And you want to know something? OK, no one ever knows this. So this is like inside information. Do you want to know? So my twin sister and I, we have inordinately white teeth. You want to know why? Why? My dad got some fluoride when we were little. Uh-huh. And he would floss our teeth and apply fluoride. No, you shouldn't apply fluoride to teeth directly. It should be in your toothpaste. You shouldn't right. apply it to your teeth. But the Lord just whitened our teeth. So I thanks, Dad. It, <laughs> it, it, yeah, they're like great. It's like, it's like a little white piece of paper. You know? I call it a visual of like sanctification. The Lord's in the process. He's making us white as snow. I mean, we're just we're here for it. We're here for uh-huh. it. So speaking of which, that is an awkward transition, but a good one nonetheless, because the thing that I love about you is that you are hilarious, but you're also passionate about holiness. And those two are like my favorite thing. Like you will come for people online and I follow you. I've listened to a number of your messages. I've read your book. Um, I'm excited about just all the content you're putting out, but you talk about things that we just don't talk about right now. I'm talking like big words, like sanctification, redemption, holiness. And that either feels very foreign to people because they don't know what it means, or it feels very uncomfortable for people because they just don't want to deal with it. So why, why are you so passionate about these topics and where did this come from? Like, I'm always passionate about the Genesis. So tell us like, where, where did this spark, this passion rise up in you? I think at one big word would be because of conversion. <laughs> I think when God saved me, he gave me um, just the passion for his word, also passion or that people would understand it and not be intimidated by it. And so I think part of just me having the spiritual gift of teaching is kind of like wanting to to unintimidate things mm-hmm. where it's like yeah I get holiness is scary and you know the old testament is is weird and strange or, and some new testament passages feel unapplicable to your life today but that's not true you know mm-hmm. I, I think we should teach the whole counsel of god and I, I feel like it's a detriment to our own spiritual life and uh our knowledge of god if we don't engage with the hard things as 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 much as the quote-unquote easy stuff 
So what I love is that you really marry culture and theology really well. And that's hard for a lot of people. So after, after college, I started taking some classes at Biola. It's a college out here on the West coast. It's actually the Bible Institute of Los Angeles. And, um, and it was so foreign for me to hear uh, someone who was so educated and yet marrying uh, culture to theology. And I haven't seen that since he did it years ago and what you're doing. So whether it is through, your spoken word pieces, whether it is through your writing, whether it's through your preaching. So you've spent a lot of time most recently talking about holiness. Now, most people know this by now. I'm in the church world. Like I'm building the church. We are church planters. We are up in these mean streets of Orange County. And um, I'm being sarcastic because Orange County is like as vanilla as they come. But um, but, you know, it's not easy. It's not for the faint of heart. And when we talk about topics of holiness, I don't hear a lot of people talking about holiness. And so I think before we talk about that, can you, for the wide spectrum of people that might be listening or will listen, the spectrum of make it plain for a non-believer or a baby Christian, how you would define holiness. And then I'm going to ask you to define it for like a sanctified saint, because I think <laughs> some people can hold it on a different level. So I want you to just take us on the journey, like define holiness think, for us. I think the definition that I'll give is for both. Yeah, the, the definition I'll give is for both people. Um, uh, holiness, really the root word of the term means to cut or to separate. Um, we see it used the first time in Genesis 2 uh, when God blesses the Sabbath day and makes it holy, meaning he separates it as unique uh, to all the other days. Uh, one way to understand that, I think practically, is how in every house you have two different kinds of dishes. You got the real regular dishes that you eat, chicken fingers and spaghetti (laughs) and just you just you just eat whatever on them. Like you throw them in the sink like they just they're just they're not like fancy. You just got them. You got them TJ Maxx. It don't mean that much. I got mine from Target. We have those plates here. (laughs) But then you got plates and dishes that might have been passed down that you might have spent more money on, invested in them. And uh, some of the, the older saints, what they'll do with those places, they don't even back in the regular cabinet they put them in a china cabinet separating these plates from the regular common plates and i think metaphorically speaking those plates are holy they've been separated from what all that is unlike them and so when we talk about holiness as it relates to god we're not talking about rules we're not talking about wrath we're primarily talking about the fact that god is set apart from everything that exists now if we flesh that out a little more, we say, how? How is he set apart? Well, two reasons. He's set apart because he's morally pure. He's good. He's righteous. He's ethical. He's all the things. Um, but he's also transcendent. He's not created. Therefore, he doesn't exist in the same way that we do. Um, and so those are the reasons why God is holy, because God is separate. Mm. So I want to pause for a second, because I think that there's going to be someone out there and there. This is going to be a totally foreign concept for them. Yeah. And for a lot of people, it's been confusing. But one of the things um, that I just I love how you do and what you do is uh, you recently moved. Uh, I follow you on, on social media and you somewhat recently moved into a new house. And I don't know if it was a new new house or it was a new to you house, but like you moved into this house and it was lovely. But what you did is that like you 
you you tore up floors and you painted and you did all these accoutrements around the house that just made it so livable. And I think what you're doing with this concept of holiness, you're taking this concept where, hey, people can live in what however they define it. And we get it, you know, set apart. We get that cut away. OK, we get that but you're making it beautiful to live in. Hmm. So that I, I really kind of want to pull this apart. So um, why do you think holiness or holy living is not only hard to talk about, but it's actually hard to live out? Hmm. I mean, maybe I, I'm, I'm assuming it's hard for you because I, I, it is very hard for me and, and, I, and all the people <laughs> in my church. I get all the unholy people at our church. So please, yeah. please break that down for us. I don't, I'm sure there's a variety of reasons why it might be hard. One reason might be just because it seems, again, it's it's easier to just kind of talk about really, um, I don't want to say basic, but simplistic ideas um, in the scriptures. Uh, you know, we, 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 we like to avoid meat because it, mm-hmm. it takes time to chew meat, <laughs> to find it, to cook it, all the things. Uh, milk is so much... It's, it's way easier to ingest, uh, but I, I would I would assume that uh, the temptation to not deal with topics such as holiness is it exists because when you start to talk about holiness, you got to talk about people's mess and people's sin, and you can't just generalize and say, yeah, sin. No, we need to talk about your idolatry, your money, and politics, and how you keep giving your body away to all these other people, and your drunkenness, and your obsession with edibles. Like, we got to get specific now, right? Okay, time out. When I said that you come for people, y'all need to check out some of her teachings, because when I say she comes for you, she really comes, and by you, I mean me. You are coming for everybody. Carry on, please. Yeah, it's, and I'm not doing it unnecessarily. I have to call attention to your particular sins so that you're not ignorant of them, so that you have context for why you need Jesus, right? And so I, I, I think it's just, that's why. But the other part is that gets to why it's so hard to be holy. It's hard because it's not our nature. We were born in sin and shaped in iniquity. Like, uh, we, like we were born into this world not wanting to be like God. And, and we don't want to be like God in terms of his holiness. We want to be like God in terms of his authority. Like we want that, the freedom to do what we want, say what we want, move how we want. So that's why it's hard to be holy because that's just not who we are. <laughs> but that's the beauty of the good news, which is God knew that. That's why he sent his son to make us holy. So for the person out there that's listening to this and just feels like holiness just feels like really hard, really far away, really unattainable whether it's through a construct that they've grown up in, like what holiness should be, or just this concept of like, but I am addicted to edibles and I do love my Amazon account and sex does feel good outside the context of marriage. What is, this is going to be the most basic of all questions. What's the motivation? I'm interrupting the podcast to discuss about betterhelp.com. I know we speak a lot about BetterHelp on the show, but this month we're discussing some of the stigmas around mental health. For example, some people think that you should wait until things are unbearable to go to therapy, but that isn't true. Therapy is a tool to utilize before things get worse, and it could help you avoid those lows. Many people think that therapy is for 
quote unquote crazy people, but therapy doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. It means you recognize that all humans have emotions and we need to learn how to control them, not avoid them. As someone who is an ardent supporter of therapy, I really love that betterhelp.com allows customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's so much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Give it a try and see why over 2 million people have used BetterHelp Online Therapy. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and we're going there. Listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash W-G-T for we're going there. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash W-G-T. to know God mm. <laughs> because sometimes we we think backwards, which is, okay, I have to stop doing all of this stuff and that will make me holy. But that's actually backwards because you can stop doing sinful things, but that doesn't change your sinful nature. What, you, what, what, what we need to do is say, oh, I was created for somebody and he loves me so much that he saw that there was nothing that I could ever do to meet his standard. Mm -hmm. There was nothing I could do to work my way towards heaven. So he sent his son, Christ Jesus, to rise. And then he didn't leave me alone. He sent his holy, keyword holy spirit, to fill me and empower me that then to let go of all of these things, to give me a greater affection for God than all the things of the world. And so that's what I would say. The motivation mm -hmm. is God himself. It ain't to just be cute. It ain't to make religious folk happy. It ain't even to enter heaven. It's to know the person I was made for. Mm -hmm. And that has to be the incentive because I was raised in a church where it's just like the primary incentive is uh, I don't want to go to hell. That's, that's not going to, that's not enough. <laughs> like that's really not enough. It has to be something bigger and much more glorious. And that's Jesus. So we started the conversation about this, like this journey to holiness and understanding holiness, discussing it, studying it. And you said that it was around conversion. That was your why, that was your motivation. What was, what was the thing that got you there? So you were clear, you mentioned you were clearly raised in church. Hell wasn't enough for you to be holy. Sort of. what, what's, what's your, your background, your journey for those that don't know how yeah. you ended up here? Yeah. So my home, my family wasn't necessarily, I'm not even saying that they weren't Christian. <laughs> it was <laughs> uh, my mother worked every weekend. So I would uh, stay, I would go to church with my aunt Merle, who was the only Christian in our family. And she just was so different than everybody. Like she was kind and she wore dresses all the time and she prayed and she read the Bible and she didn't. Can you hear my kids? I love it. I feel like that. I think you have an amen corner in the background. I'm here for it. I'm Let them. Be quiet if you no, want me to. No, I do not. And I'm going to keep this. We're not even going to edit this out. Producer Madi, leave the kids screaming in the background because that is it. This is a, an example of holiness. Look at you being set apart. Oh, I, I love it. Yes, go. <laughs> but um, she just was so different. And different is another expression of holiness. She was set mm -hmm. apart yeah. from, from just the norm. Um, and so she took me to church all the time and I heard all the things about Jesus and sin and his love for us and all of that. But that didn't, it, it didn't connect for me because it still felt like, it, it felt like Christians were boring. <laughs> like they didn't do anything. <laughs> um, Which is kind of true. <laughs> and it can be like mad yeah. boring. But it also felt like they were never giving me 
they never explained to me that to be a Christian is a supernatural work of the Holy Spirit. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, it, like, it was just like, okay, I stopped listening to second music, but I still got an attitude problem. Okay, I stopped smoking, but I'm not different. Like, it was like I was doing all this stuff to try to change myself when mm. I, I had to realize, no, like, like, it's the Lord himself that changes your heart, takes out your heart of stone, gives you a heart of flesh, and then renews your mind and creates in you a new spirit that loves him above all things. And so I know all that. But when I was in high school, when I was 19, not high school, was I in high school? After I graduated, by that time I had just kind of been doing me lesbianism, pornography, marijuana addiction, stealing, just disrespectful to all to all types of authority figures, all the things. Whatever I wanted to do, I did, mm-hmm. period, which is the state of the sinful nature. It's <laughs> just like, oh, I want it, I'm gonna do that. Um, and I was in my room and God literally interrupted my world without my permission. I did not ask to be a Christian. I did not foresee myself being a Christian. It was just that God showed me that he was better than every single thing that I loved and enjoyed, Mm. period. And that's, again, legitimately a miracle. (laughs) It's that God met in a really dark place and turned towards light. So So my background is very conservative. And I think I was around 25, 26 when I started just going this journey of discovering the power of the spirit of God and who the Holy Spirit was and his role in our life. And for the podcast listeners, we did a whole series about the Holy Spirit. So what is the Holy Spirit's role in the process of holiness? Because sometimes sometimes to me, holiness feels like my, I don't want to say behavior modification, but the choices that I'm making to modify my behavior versus being supernaturally imbued with the power of the Spirit of God? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, Well, one is he... He fills us, changes us, um, changing our hearts. Then he gives us power, which is which is huge because that's why we. It's really hard to deny sin when you're a slave to it, right? Mm-hmm. But Romans six, I believe, talks about, about how we aren't are no longer slaves to but righteousness is that now we're under a different power, which is the power of the Holy Spirit. So it means it doesn't mean I'm not tempted anymore. It now means I can look at my temptation and flee it consistently um, because I have that power. Uh, and the spirit also sanctifies us in first Corinthians 6, 11. It says uh, for you, uh, for what does it say? And such were some of you, but you were washed you were sanctified and you were justified uh, by the spirit of our God, meaning God, the spirit has set us apart for good works. Uh, in Philippians, it says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling, but it is he that works in you to will and to work for his good pleasure. And so like our sanctification is miraculous, is that we we somehow work alongside the Holy Spirit to become more and more like God, even when you when you walk by the spirit, what do you look like? Kind, gentle, patient, joy, self-controlled. In other words, when I walk in the spirit, I look like Jesus. <laughs> Let me add this. Another thing the spirit does is he illuminates the scriptures. And scriptures are spiritually discerned. And so when I open them up, now I'm able to actually understand the thing. Before I was a Christian, the Bible, it literally looked like another language. And it was boring to me, but it's because the God it was about was boring to me, right? Yeah. But like when the Holy Spirit came inside of me, I, not only do I want God, but I can understand the scriptures that explain yeah. him. 
So that's the, that's the, I don't know what we'd be without the Holy Spirit. Oh, we'd be dead. That's what, it, <laughs> that's what it is. Okay. My dad always said that if we knew the power of holiness, that we would be able to trust God. Hmm. Agree or disagree? I would have more questions. Okay. Okay. So do you think that holiness plays a role in trusting God? I think the holiness of God plays a part in us trusting God. Ooh, okay. I'm Because holiness is abstract. Because sometimes when we think about holiness, we don't think about God first. We think about holiness as a theme, as an idea. And you had said, usually when we think about holiness, we think of it as a an individual thing rather than God is holy. Yeah, it's like a, it's like, I don't know, like a meal. It's, it's like just a, it's an idea mm-hmm. that we don't per- personalize or bring it down to. Okay, it's an idea as seen in a person, which is the Godhead, God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy Spirit. And so by understanding how holiness looks, like how it looks on God, then I think it gives us some, so for example, um, when in Jeremiah two, God talks to Israel and he says, what worthlessness or injustice have you found in me that you left me and went after worthlessness? In John 6, Jesus talks to Israel. He said, hey, can any of you convict me of sin? If not, why don't you believe me? In both instances, you see God presenting his holiness as the reason why he's trustworthy. It's like, if if I'm worth everything, if I'm worthy, if there's nothing wrong in me, if I can't lie to you, why don't you believe my word? If I'm better than everything that's ever been made, why do you keep leaving me for lesser things? It's like, whoa, I ain't never thought about holiness like that. I've only thought about it as God is better. God is going to send me to hell and that's it. And it's bigger than that. (laughs) It really is. Well, here's something that I know as we wrap up, you are a vanguard. You are a vanguard to the glory of God. But no, but it really is. It it really is. I was preparing for uh, the podcast today. I've, like I said, I've listened to your stuff. I've read your stuff. Um, But you really are a vanguard, not only to the glory of God, but you are to our generation as well. And um, I know this comes with the cost. So you are standing for truth. You're standing for God. You're standing for his glory. And in this season, you're standing and bringing such clarity around holiness. You have a new book on holiness. So um, this is the question that I love asking. You know, marketers and publishers are like, oh, who is this book for? But here's the hard part with a book (laughs) on holiness. Yeah. Oh, who's this book for? Who's your target market? Well, with a book like holiness, it's everybody. But but who did you write this book for? (laughs) I want to say everybody. I didn't. I was not thinking about scholars and academics and, and those types of people. I was just thinking about the regular everyday Christian that says, you know what? I love God. I want to love him more, mm. you know? And really a really niche group was the people who are very suspicious of God. Because I don't, I don't think we look at our unbelief like that, where it's like, yeah, I have a hard time trusting God. It's like, but why? What is it that you're afraid he will do to you if you do trust him? Yeah. Well, I f- I'm, I'm afraid he'll make me suffer. Okay. If he does make you suffer, is he sinning against you by doing so? Like, will he still be good when he makes your life hard? 
Yeah. These are like, we have to get deeper into the reasons why. And so I thought about those people where it's like, man, I want this book to um, help us to become less guarded with God, where we are so much more open with him, where he's not just master, but he's also friend. <laughs> he's not just Lord, but he's also father. Hey, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for your time. I want to thank you for tackling such a hard topic. Um, I do not have the book yet. And I was hoping I'd have it in before. It is um, you, it, I think it's just delayed. They did. They okay. said, we're going to send it to you. We're going to send it to you. But here's one thing. I don't bring people on the podcast that I haven't read their book, but I trust you. Like I implicitly trust you. I really like, I just, I love what you're writing. I think it's so important. And so um, I usually do this post interview. So people don't know, but I'm giving away five copies of your book to listeners. I'm going to order them through Amazon because those Amazon numbers count. And so, <laughs> and if they like the book, leave a review, Jackie Hill Perry's book. And if you don't like the book, don't leave a review or you can leave a review for mm, Beyonce's book. And then we're going to be fine. So um, I'm excited about the book and I can't wait for people to get in their hands and learn more about holiness. I appreciate you. I appreciate your voice. I appreciate what you're doing. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much. Well, friends, thanks for 70 episodes. I'm honored to be your friend from afar and hope you enjoy the bonus episodes we plan on sharing until season five comes out. Until then, we can stay connected via social media at Bianca Oltoff or through the teachings from the Father's House OC on YouTube. I love you, friends. Thanks for giving me this privilege.